Hi, Chair City Church. So this past week, I had an incident at my home. It was about 8.30 at night, and I decided to feed my bees. It's been a difficult season uh, for bees and them gathering their food because of the drought, much less water, very little nectar, not much food. And I, and I hadn't fed them in about a day, uh, so... I figured, you know, let me go out there quickly, rush out. I didn't put the best protective clothes on. And I thought, well, you know, it's 8.30 at night. It's dark. I actually had my son come out with sort of, a, you know, his phone, using it as a light. And I thought, you know, they're sleeping. And I never gave thought to that if they were sleeping. And I would go in and wake them up. It wouldn't go very well. Well, it was terrible. My bees can be aggressive from time to time. It's not common with honeybees. It happens. Uh, but lately, again, this season, with them not having the food they need, they're a bit on edge. And one sting and then another sting, before it was said and done, I had about eight uh, bee stings, and a few of them were kind of right into some of the you know main veins in my arm and legs. And so I began to take on some symptoms, which were, you know, some swelling and, of course, the pain and the throbbing pain. But then, you know, as the minutes passed, the symptoms began to worsen, and I began to feel some itchiness in my palms and, uh, you know, peculiar feelings in my, my wrists. And I thought, okay, well, uh, maybe, uh, you know, then I started to see some welts in that main, uh, you know, near that vein over here. And I thought, well, you know, it, it's okay. I mean, you know, pain, swelling, submitting, it, it, I'm going to be okay, and, and I, I can handle this. And suddenly I started to feel a heaviness in my, like my jaw and a, a weightedness to my, uh, my lower lip. And I thought, oh, I've heard about this. It, it's happening. So I said, Christy, Christy, you know, let's, let's get, get, we have to go to the hospital. And I was concerned at this point. Um, but still, Okay, I mean, it's air. I mean, if it's, if it's going to be a matter of, you know, like shortness of breath or anything like that, that's supposedly the next symptoms. I mean, I need air, and, uh, and I'm, I'm going to get to the hospital. So I still was rather concerned but settled in. And about halfway to the hospital, the symptoms took on a different uh, turn, and I began to feel these kind of waves of warmth or heat radiating through my chest and I started to get these intermittent tingling feel, you know, in, in my brain and at that point then my feelings changed and I began to feel very vulnerable and that's what I want to talk to you about today vulnerability I, I think it's something <laughs> that we might want to give consideration to all of us, different places of income and different situations of where we are in our lives. But I, I think that this feeling might have settled into many of us a bit more than we might realize that we're feeling very vulnerable right now. The definition of vulnerable is you're, you realize you're capable of being hurt or harmed physically or emotionally. You're open, you're exposed to the possibility of, of damage. Now, People have always been uncomfortable with feelings of vulnerability, as, an I, as I was when I was being rushed to the hospital. 
No longer was I thinking I'm okay, you know. Uh, no longer was I thinking I'm all I need to get through this. Uh, I started to begin to consider maybe I'm not good enough. I, I can't actually get through this. This is beyond me. I'm feeling very vulnerable right now. We're in a series called Happy Trails. We're going through the Psalms of Ascent, uh, these songs of praise the Jewish people would sing to God as they prepared themselves to go and worship him in Jerusalem during the feast, the feast of Passover, Tabernacle, feast of Pentecost. And you see, often the context uh, these feasts would be taking place in, if you will, uh, it was very common that the nation of Israel was surrounded by their enemies. They were in conflict, at war, at battle with their enemies, and therefore they were often very vulnerable. Logistically and physically, they were very vulnerable. Now, you and I, the current times we're living in, although we are, to some extent, some of us could be vulnerable physically, certainly, because of the virus that exists. I don't want to downplay that. Though I do, from what I'm seeing week to week, that largely what is existing is a lot of emotional vulnerability. And that we have all sorts of feelings right now that lend to insufficiency, insecurity, inabilities, vulnerability. We have these feelings of vulnerability as we are journeying through. And I want you to, I want you to think about that. We're journeying, journeying through this life. We're passing through this world to be united with our Heavenly Father. As you consider, or even as today, you realize, recognize, I am having feelings of vulnerability. Wow, this, this is on me. I want you to consider that you are journeying through this world to be united with your Heavenly Father. That's the victory. That's your final destination. So let's turn to Psalm 124. David is likely the writer of the psalm. And he says, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Now, this is a song. And so some of your versions might say, let Israel repeat. Verse 2, what if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us? They would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger. The waters would have engulfed us. A torrent would have overwhelmed our very lives. Yes, the raging waters of fury would have overwhelmed our lives. And what we read here in the beginning of Psalm 124 is this. The Lord is our great defender. It's such a solemn and a precious and a powerful truth. The Lord is our great defender. David is reminding the people of Israel that with all the trials and wars, with all the difficulties, at the end of the day, the Lord is our defender. And I'm here to tell you this, that it's so much more true for us here today because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and his enabling us to connect to God in such a personal and powerful way. God is your defender. It says here in the psalm, if it had, if the Lord had not been on our side. Remember, this is a song. So the leader is singing and the people are coming alongside him and, and, and they're saying, they're repeating, what if the Lord had not been on our side? What if the Lord had not been with us? Then we would have been swallowed up on both sides. Streams of water, torrents would have overwhelmed us in their 
shouting and singing this over and over. What if the Lord had not been on our side? What if the Lord had not been by my side? What if the Lord had not been with me? How many of you have a, a story, a testimony, a recollection that starts with, if God had not been with me, if God had not been by my side, I don't know how would, I would have gotten through that. I don't know if I would even be here today. As we look back at our lives and the lives of those we've observed or stories we've heard, we know that God is a defender. He's our defender. Listen, it's been said, you know, if you want to defend yourself, God God will let you. But are you going to choose you or God? God loves you passionately. He will defend you. And it's so superior to you defending yourself. Because what that's going to look like is I would think you're going to make some short-term temporary gains. If anything, maybe just kind of feed your head a bit. But long-term likely damage, certainly lessening your potential and possibility in your life. But by knowing that God is your defender, now you're looking at long-term, long-term value. You're looking at long-term gains in the most significant and critical areas of your life. If you choose God, you see, he works through all things. He brings all things together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose, and that is you. It doesn't mean God protecting us doesn't mean we won't get sick. It could mean that, but it doesn't have to mean that. It doesn't mean that we can't be touched or affected by a virus or by certain conditions that are happening around us. Of course it doesn't, but it means as a whole, God will defend you. Not to, but he is defending you. He is working all things through for your good. And so you can have hope in the face of this event or that happening or that difficulty. You can have hope in the midst of feeling vulnerable. You can battle. You can minimize. You can mitigate those feelings of vulnerability with hope that comes from knowing God is my defender and he is working through all of this for my goodness according to his great plan in my life and in this world. David the psalmist, because he knows God is his defender, look how he speaks, look how he talks to God in Psalm 124. He's praising God. As you look at times in your life when things were challenging, seemed overwhelming as David did and has, you can say with me that God, what, what if God had not, be with, had not been with me? What if God was not with me? Would I be here? How could I have gone through that? And when that happens, you should be moved to worship as David was. You should be moved to praise God. Yes, with, with your very lips, you see, David is entering into worship. Now, praising God with his lips will not be the totality of David's worship here. Remember, David and the other Jews are going up to Jerusalem to celebrate God, to worship God at the feast. And when they do that, there's something that will happen continually that's very significant during their time of worship. And that is that they will sacrifice. Worship is to sacrifice, and they will sacrifice to God in many ways. They're going to sacrifice with their giving, with their time, with their gifts, crops, animals, 
They're going to repent and sacrifice those things that have been holding them back from coming closer to God or that, that have been deterring them and hindering them from obeying God. They will worship and they will sacrifice and they will rest in the presence of their defender. You see, rather than be deterred from their defender, they're going to surrender to their defender. As we worship, as we sacrifice, what we're doing is we're surrendering to God, our defender. And it begins with praise. It begins with praise. More than you realize, when you look back and you realize, I could not have gotten through that time without God, will you pause and will you praise God? I mean, literally, pause and praise God. Uh, recently, as much as yesterday, I finished a, a, a paper on a young woman who lived in the early 1800s. I've talked to you about her before. Her name was uh, Elizabeth Fry. She had a massive effect on improving prison conditions first for women, but then pe men and women. Now, Elizabeth World, she lived in a world uh, in the, um, she actually was early 1800s, and she, the world she lived in you might relate to or recognize as, uh, say, depictions you would have viewed in movies like Pride and Prejudice, Sense and Sensibility, that kind of uh, nobility that existed in England in the early 1800s. Now, part of this paper, for me to complete it, I had a, it was a research paper, so I had to go back and read the diaries or the journals of Elizabeth herself, and as well as uh, those who were very connected to her life and those who influenced her. Uh, to see what were the common characteristics that existed that, you know, that in her life and those around her that influenced her to accomplish what she did and be the person she was and all of that. And, a very, and, and what's most impressive that she was doing that as were some of the people around her and connected to her in, in the midst of a very self-centered, humanistic, materialistic, and vain culture, if you've watched the movies. And as I, I read this, and I'm reading, I mean, you know, you're, you're reading their diaries and, and their journals, and I thought, wow, it's just something we would want to do and maybe should do more often. You know, just to, and I've said this time to time, to write down what God is doing in our lives, maybe to write down a prayer, maybe to even write down this moment today, where would I be, what would I be if God had not been there with me? And for me, to, we often, we're in this mode of rushing from one thing to another. I, 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 I'm in the thick of it, man. And, you know, we push through this, we get through this, we move on to that. Let's, let's just pause today and recognize God and acknowledge God for who he is and what he's done. If God had not been with us, where would we be? Look, this COVID-19 crisis, it's not going to last forever it's, it's a moment in the history of our country, albeit extraordinarily serious, and it will be talked about for a long time, but it will not last forever. And you and I, I believe, will look back at this time, steeped in prayer, praising God, and say, wow, what if God was not with us? Wow, what if God had not been with us? Look at where we are today. Look at what has gone on. Look at redemption. Look what God did through all of that. What, and look at, look, at the, look at what was actually happening now. Clearly, what if God had not been with us? 
We think it's terrible. It might even be worse than we realize. But later on, we'll think, wow, what if God was not with us? We think we're struggling. We are. But really, in some ways, God is sustaining us and carrying us. And only when it all plays out do we realize, wow, look at the hand of God and what he was doing in our life. What if he was not with us? I realize God is my defender. God loves me. We tend to get caught up in a moment. Things aren't going to change. And yet, you know, or, or things are going to stay the same. They're not going to change. But everything changes. Everything changes except God and his being trustworthy and being our defender. Remember, we are passing through this world. Let us fix our eyes on things above, not on this earth. There's so many times I look back on my life, truly, and I see how God worked through my mess, my mistakes. He's so merciful. I see how he worked through crisis in my life. And when I say he worked through, not that he patched it up or he lessened the pain, but I mean he came in there and he reworked it. He brought such great meaning and beauty out of all of that pain or mess or difficulty. Did extraordinary things that I never could have imagined. And these things, they've lasted they are trustworthy. They are true. And, and they exist now and they will exist forevermore because this is who God is. He is my defender. He's your defender. Because God will last forever. He can be trusted to be your defender because God does what he said he's going to do. He can be trusted. God is is faithful in the journey. Let's hold on to his promises. Let us praise God. Are you feeling vulnerable today? Are you feeling vulnerable? Have you even given any thought to that? Wow, is that what's kind of going on in me? Day to day, hour to hour, I, I'm, I'm vulnerable. I'm feeling very vulnerable. Because of the economy, present and perceived future, because of the situation at your job, because of the uncertainty of your company's strength, or looking out into the future and that field or that industry, what's going to take place, because of situations with your children going back to school and their education, because of your health, because of your race, whatever race that is, because of an upcoming election, are you feeling vulnerable? I think many of us are. What's going to happen next? What are we going to do? We need to pause. We need to pray. We need to praise God. We need to praise God and know that he is our defender. Let's jump into Psalm 125. It says, those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will not be defeated, but they will endure forever. Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people both now and forever. The wicked will not rule the land of the godly, for then the godly will be tempted to do wrong. There are times when you're feeling vulnerable and in, and in trusting in God as your defender, you and I need to be steadfast, meaning we want to have an unmovable faith like a mountain. We want to be unmovable like a mountain. You see, the nation of Israel was confident in the Lord. Mount Zion, that's where the temple was. That's where they were going up to worship God. That's where the feasts were held. 
And they're singing as those who trust in God, as those who are preparing to worship God, to sacrifice, to trust in him. And they're singing and saying, you know what? Our God is like this mountain we're climbing. It will not be moved. He will not be moved. They will not be moved. Meaning they are not going to be moved away from what is most important and what is most viable and most powerful in their life. They know they're surrounded. I mean, literally, they are surrounded by their enemies. This was a common uh, way of existing. But more than anything else, more than anything else that is more prom- the most prominent thing that exists in their life that is surrounding them is the Lord their God. They know they are surrounded by God. I, I want you to let that sink in right now in the midst of your being vulnerable to say, I am surrounded by my God. Literally. You and I, we are surrounded by God that Jesus is going to hold it all together for those who trust in him and know him as their defender. Believe in this. It's critical to embrace this in your way of thinking because when we feel vulnerable, as we likely many of us are right now, we tend to let ourselves get all over the place. Yeah. Don't allow yourselves to be tossed all over the place. Trust God. So this is really kind of up close and personal for me right now. I mean, is there any reason why I would feel vulnerable? I mean, be things aside and resolved? Is there any reason why I'd be sort of all over the place in my thoughts and emotions? I mean, you know, I mean, have children 13, 18, 18, and 20. That would somewhat qualify me for that. But I also have a church that, that my wife and my family have dedicated our lives to for over nine years. And, and, and we've dedicated ourselves to a community of people that, that a centrality in that relationship is coming together, gathering together in a, you know, in a central place where we celebrate and where we are so effective in building the kingdom of God and we, we have so much gladness and joy and excitement and enthusiasm to come together like that as it should be. And that hasn't happened in five months. I get a glimpse of articles. I don't read most of them. The church is never going to be the same again. 30, 35% of the church has disconnected, especially young people. A good percentage of these people, another article, are not returning. Many people are not going to be coming back to church. The new normal is going to be terrible for churches. So, yeah, I think at times, and even perhaps current times, that I, I can be a bit all over the place. James says in chapter 1, verse 6, but when you ask him, you must believe and not doubt because one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. It's important and effective for you and I to ask of God and believe in God. So I have to, in times like this, begin to make significant efforts in the midst of all the uncertainty, in the midst of all the disruption. 
And I, and I have to, and in doing that to realize, wow, I, Dave, man, are you, are you feeling vulnerable? And is that vulnerability leading to you sort of being all over the place in your thoughts and emotions? If we don't do this, we're going to spiral. We're going to kind of sprawl all over the place, and we're going to miss what God is doing. And God is doing something. I've said it in the beginning. I've said it along the way, and I believe it with all my heart. God is doing something because he always is because it's his promise to build his kingdom. It's his promise to see us in eternity, reconciled with our heavenly father. It's his promise to glorify himself. So God is doing something. And I want to see, and I want to know what God is doing in our midst. And if I will just praise God, and I will just know that he's surrounding me, and I will look to him, he's my defender, that I'm more likely to settle in and to see what he will. That in the midst of this, I see people volunteering in incredible ways. I'm talking about people showing up at 6 in the morning, the first wave on a Sunday morning. You know, it happens before Sunday, Thursday night, people coming in to sing songs and record and a whole team of AVO coming in, supporting that and enabling that. Uh, Saturday mornings, people coming in early in the morning, Saturday after Saturday, to support what we're doing online out there to build the kingdom of God. Sunday morning keeps going. Six o'clock in the morning, as I referred to, people showing up, pickup trucks, trailers. Seven o'clock in the morning, second wave, more people showing up. Dozens of people giving of themselves in such a time like this. I'm allowed alone. God is with me. God is working through people. We are not alone. God is doing something great. I see people coming out to Chair City Church. We are connecting to people online as we have been doing along the way. And now we're seeing people come in on a Sunday there, out there at our lakeside worship experience. Really, in the last few Sundays, that's really increased. And a good amount of those people were people who were kind of not going to church, very much in between churches, or had disconnected from God for a very long time. And to hear them come in and talk to me and Christy and say, wow, you know what, I'd really kind of, you know, put God aside or disconnected from God. But now the last few weeks, two weeks, I've been coming and I'm talking to God more and, and, and God is such more of a presence in my life. Wow, look what God is doing. I want to pause and I want to praise him. And then to see your giving. I've referenced this before, but I just think it's, it's legit to do. We're on track. They're having perhaps the largest amount of giving during a summer season in the history of Chair City Church. Because look what God is doing through you. Look, look, at, look what's happening. And, and, and a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I think we had one of the top 10 uh, weekly offerings giving in the history of Chair City Church. And, and, and because a single mom is sacrificing and giving to build the kingdom of God. Because a gentleman and his wife are saying, you know, God has called us to give more. Or somebody said, you know, I, I, I really somehow just, I feel so energized and so enthusiastic about giving. It just really come on the significance and the importance of what it is and, and what the church really means more than ever. And you are doing that. And I'm so incredibly grateful. And thank you for letting God use you to come and to help and to care for and support, you know, this 
this guy so I, I, I can be a little bit less all over the place and a lot more trusting in God as my defender. And I hope that all makes a lot of sense to you. Don't allow yourself to settle in or to arrive and settle in at a place of being all over the place. Don't allow your vulnerability to take you to where you're spiraling and being tossed all over the place in your thoughts and emotion. God is calling you to a place of integrity in your faith. He's calling me as your pastor to a place of integrity in my faith. Let us not be moved by what is most true, what is most valuable, what is most critical, what is most significant, and that is the kingdom of God. Let there be depth to our faith. He's, God is not calling us to be easily moved in the midst of these circumstances. He's calling us to be steadfast in our faith. Let us not be moved by politics. Let us not be moved by people. Let us not be moved by viruses. Let us hold to our faith. Let us not spiral into unnecessary relationships or untimely relationships because of times of desperation and confusion. So we, we, we love God and we meet a guy, we meet a girl, and they, then we reframe and we revisit how we you know, know and love God, which now enables us to move, move our morals around and our principles around. And now we, are, we don't have an unmovable faith. It has shifted to accommodate those things that are not of God. And presently we seem okay because, you know, we're addressing being all over the place only actually to set us continually spiraling more so as we head to our future. Let us put our trust in God. Otherwise, Anything else is going to shift us, and we will not be secure. We will be very unsettled. God knows our desires. He knows the good work he wants to accomplish in our lives. Let us trust in the Lord and have a steadfastness, steadfastness in our life. Let us not be easily moved in such a time like this. Let us, right now, I want you to think, where in my life am I all over the place I've already given you some insight to what's going on in me. I think we're all subject to this right now to one extent or another. And, and maybe each one of we're, we're beginning to move in a place here and there in our faith and our life. But God doesn't want us to be moved right now. He wants us to be steadfast, to be like a mountain, to be solid like Mount Zion. Let us be sound. All right. Let us introduce. Let... Let God be the great influencer in our life. Let God, our defender, be the influencer in our life. Let's introduce our vulnerability to our Jesus, and let's have a victory. Psalm 125, verse 4 says, O Lord, do good to those who are good, whose hearts are in tune with you. But banish those who turn to crooked ways, O Lord. Take them away with those who do evil. So when you read this, it's kind of like there's two camps. Two lists. Those are in a good place with God and those aren't. And that's because it sort of can work out that way. Here's what you need to know. We're all, we're all in a bad place with God. There's no one really who's done good. What that means is it, it, it doesn't mean that we're the worst we could be. It means that none of us have ever been the best we could be. And all of us, that there, there are things that we can do that we don't or the things that we could do better that we don't do. So we, we kind of fall short. 
And that's where Jesus comes in. There's only one way to get to the better place, and that's to have our faith and our trust placed in Jesus. Rather than be all over the place, we want to be in this one good and great place, that faith and trust in Jesus. This is where you want to be today. Who knows where we could be? Who knows to what extent we're not what we should be? But now we come to this place. You come to this place here today that you would know and trust in Jesus, that you would come to faith in Jesus. And the first step in doing that is to believe, to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you don't want to say, Jesus, I give you my life. Forgive me of my sins. I turn to you. I want to know you as my Lord and Savior. Lord, I'm settling in right now. I'm not running. I'm not vulnerable. I have peace talking to you, my Savior, my God. And I want to live for you and I want to know you. And I know right now that God has forgiven me of my sins. I'm, I'm trusting in that. I'm believing in that. That as I spiraled, as I was all over the place, and I, as I lived apart from God, there were things I did that caused me to disobey, to wander, to miss that target. But here I am right now. I am in this good and wonderful place. And I know you are with me. And I know you will never leave me. In Jesus' precious name, amen. If you've had that personal conversation, or if, you know, even as you're sitting there today and you have this personal conversation, the Bible says you've begun a new relationship with Jesus Christ. The old is gone, the, the old is gone, the new has come. And you're going to look down, to, if you're on a tablet or some device, uh, there could be a link. You could hit that link. It'll bring you to a form. You could fill it out and send it into us. It's so meaningful when we get that, to know that God is doing something great out there and in your life. And we'll send you out a package in the mail to give you some traction and some support in this phenomenal decision you've made. Or you could text. You'll see a text number. You could send a text uh, out to that number. And again, we'll send you, we'll mail you out a package uh, to see you along and help you. So Elizabeth Fry, this woman I talked about, she lived in the 1800s. You know, she wrestled with God. And, 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 and that was what I saw in her life. And that's what I saw in the lives of those who had influenced her. All, they had all come to this place in their life and often in their very young lives where they were wrestling with what they knew as their world and God and the thoughts that were going on within themselves and really what God was calling them to, to himself. And they struggled to trust in God. William Savory, uh, a Quaker man who had a huge influence on Elizabeth Fry, he said this to her in a letter. He said, the first step towards religion is true humility, because in that state, only we can feel the need we have of an arm stronger than human to lean upon, to lead us out of and keep us from polluting things which hinder, which hinder us from knowing God. You see, you and I right now, we need an arm, an arm stronger than our own to lean on. You might be vulnerable right now. Lean Onto the arm of the almighty God. Trust in God as your defender. Don't be moved. Don't be shifted. Don't let things and circumstances 
unsettle you and shift you and, and take you away from what is most valuable and most important and from the great thing that God is doing right now. Elizabeth Fry, she lived a phenomenal life. Some say, well, you know, uh, in, un, unparalleled in her time for a woman and uh, what she accomplished. And she wrote some wonderful words upon coming into the stage of trusting in God and, and, and leaving her place of being very vulnerable, which she was. And here's the word she wrote in her diary. It says, but I hope I am now free from such fears. I wish the state of enthusiasm I am now in may last. For today, I have felt that there is a God. She's saying, today, I know and feel there is a God. And I hope and pray the same for you right now that today you will know there is a God and he is your defender. To God be the glory.